I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Run Football Cypher here on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined with my fellow analysts, I'm sorry, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at B Howard underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to the Football Game Plan Podcast on iTunes. Leave us a five star rating. And as we can find all of our many different shows, you can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network on YouTube, located at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. If you're not familiar to what a rap cypher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here, except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic and keep the football takes flowing. And we're going to kick off our NFL team previews in the cypher. And in this episode, we take a look at the New York Jets and some of our biggest questions heading into the Jets' 2017 season. And, Gene, go ahead on and kick this one off. I mean, the Jets have a lot of issues. We all know that. But the one thing I think that they don't have an issue is, is in the backfield is, do you think that this Jets um, defensive backfield has the potential to be the best young backfield in the NFL? Yeah, I'm going to say they definitely have the potential. And just obviously with the, the additions that they made in the draft this year at the safety position, that number one. But then you look at some of the guys that were already there. And Justin Burris is a guy that I I really liked, you know, coming out of NC State. I liked him down there at the Shrine game, at Shrine Week, and, and he impressed me. So you, you look at what they have, you, you mix in um, – uh, Mo Claiborne also, if he could stay healthy, I, I think they're in good position to to have a solid um, secondary. And it really it, it starts with those safeties, man. The, the young safeties they were able to to get uh, Calvin Pryor out of there. You know, a guy who was more of a box safety, so he's out, and now you got Marcus May in. So I, I think they'll be in good shape there, and uh, I definitely think that. You know that they have some guys to to be one of the better secondaries. I totally agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, you you take the draft pick. I just remember it, and you know, watching the draft. I'm like, man, what? Wait, what are the Jets doing, man? They just drafting all the safeties. <laughs> you know, they got so many safeties. But uh, I, I really think that uh, you know they have the potential uh, to to be one of the best defensive backfields uh, in the NFL. And then you look at uh, Buster Screen and his, his development in the NFL. Um, to me, he's become one of the better nickel corners in the NFL. Um, you know, it, people look at his size, but you know his ball skills are, are unreal. Um, he, he's able to come over top of receivers and uh, you know knock the ball away and just look at all the unique ways he's able to to deflect the football. Um, so I, I really like this uh, Jets defensive secondary, and I think they can be one of the best in the NFL. Exactly, I, I do agree with you. And the Buster Screen comment took it right out of my mouth. He is one of the more underrated slot corners in the entire league. And I think the game that really 
made the Jets go this direction was that Monday night game against the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts. Neither safety tried to stop anything going over the top. It was just over the top, <laughs> over the top, over the top. I think Dwayne Allen had like three touchdowns or something crazy like that. Uh, so they had to right. make the move to go get better on the back end. Uh, and they already had the defensive line to be able to make this decision with. They didn't have to do anything in the front seven, really. It was just improvement necessary, especially at safety. So they're going to be a good young unit this upcoming season. I agree. I, I like the confidence of Morris Claiborne. I think people knocked him unfairly in Dallas, and it's all about confidence as a player. We all are wired differently, and people really got on him for struggling. And you know you're going to get beat at some point in time as a DB. But I think his confidence started to get better as he got healthier in Dallas, and now the Jets are going to be the direct beneficiary of that. You also look at Marcus May and Jamal Adams going to combine for to be a really nice safety duo. I still like Rontez Miles um, out of Cal PA. Um, and I'm going to always be a big fan of guys that can take the ball away. So Marcus Williams is one of the top interceptors in the NFL, and this is a guy that doesn't drop a chance to turn the ball over. And when you have the ability to take the ball away, I want you on my team. So, yes. When you add in Buster Screen, Morris Claiborne, and now Marcus Williams along with those safeties, I think the Jets will be really strong in the secondary. I mean, for me, I, I definitely – obviously, I, I definitely agree. Um, Screen is a guy who I think has been coming for coming for a while, and and it's just it's, – it's, it's really amazing to me that a team like Dallas, a team devoid of a great defense, lets go of a 27-year-old cornerback who's coming into his own. And and I think that the Jets are definitely going to be the, be the beneficiary of that. And and to me, Jamal Adams was the most the most unbustable draft pick in the draft this year. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, the most unbustable. I don't think there's a chance in hell that he's not going to at least make five plus um Pro Bowls and at least a, a few All Pros. He's he he has Ronnie Lott like um you know, skills for me. And I, and I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does in that defense with the Jets. I agree. So now that we got that out the way, let me go ahead and, and uh, ask, ask my question. And we looked at the, the defense, but flipping over to the offense at wide receiver, do they have enough to have moved on from Brandon Marshall and, and Eric Decker? And, and let me preface this by saying, you know, I'm a big fan of Robbie Anderson's game. If he can get some of the things uh, under control when he's not near the facility, he, he would be in good shape. But uh, what's your thought of, of this young receiving core? I, I honestly, um, you know, I, I really don't believe in this this Jets wide receiver core. And on top of that, who's going to get him the football? You know. Um, so I, I really think that, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be tough sledding for this uh, Jets offense this year. Um, you know, much talent. And then, um, you know, the kid from Ohio State, you know, he, he's still recovering from injury. Um, Robbie Anderson, um, I, I think that, you know, he, he's got talent, but at the same time there's little nuances and, and little subtle things that he needs to work on. For instance, don't give a, a DB your chest when you're coming off the line of scrimmage, you know, and, and that's something that I, I feel like, he, you know, he needs to, it, it's something so simple that, but it's just, it, it hasn't happened yet. I, I want to see him get better releases off the line of scrimmage. So I just think that, you know, this, this wide receiver corpse, they could invest a little bit more in it and, and get a little bit better there, um, you know, and then on top of that, but it's like, you know, if you 
you know, if you don't have the quarterback to get them the football, how are you in, or why would you invest so much money into a, a wide receiver course? Bingo. And my answer to this question is a resounding hell no. <laughs> you just let go of Brandon Marshall. And, and even if Eric Decker isn't a top flight receiver, Eric Decker is a good number two slash number three receiver, period. Right. No one on this roster, as it's currently constructed, is a guy who has that Pro Bowl caliber ability. And, and I'm not saying that they're not good NFL players or future NFL players, but I think the Jets knew what they were doing. They know that they're virtually tanking. I don't like to accuse teams of that, but when you have a 37-year-old journeyman come in, you know you screwed up with your second-round pick two years ago, and you have a guy who, for all intents and purposes, is scary in Bryce Petty. <laughs> they know that they couldn't invest any money in that receiving core because it didn't matter who you have in the receiving core. The quarterback player is going to be so terrible that you might as well just pay him the bare minimum. So, no, they didn't replace the value that they lost, but it didn't matter. Listen, I, I know they lost – Brandon Marshall, and, it, and Brandon Marshall to me seems like he would be Tupac's favorite wide receiver if he was alive, right? <laughs> Brandon Marshall, right? Um, but I, I look at it this way. I actually like what they have at receiver, man. I think, you know, when you look at Quincy and Yuma, he was the best receiver down at the East-West Shrine game before he got hurt. Uh, quietly, that has been the theme uh, with him as a pro. He has to stay healthy. So, But I do like the talent. Robbie Anderson, we saw have some success. Sharon Peak was another that was a standout at the uh, Senior Bowl, I believe. And I think he's going to get moved out because I really like what they bring in in the undrafted free agent market. I like Gabe Marks out of Washington State. I thought he was an outstanding receiver. I thought he was one of the best receivers at the East-West Shrine game this year. I still like KD Cannon's ability. You know, he has that Mike Wallace type, you know, game-breaking speed. Um, 50-50 or if he can catch the football or whatever, but I like the speed to get deep, and he has shown the ability to make big plays when you ask him to. And I also like Chad Hansen out of Cal. I mean, we've seen this guy catch these quick slants and take him 70 yards down the field. So I do think they have some work withable pieces, and I, you know, I know that we're, we're talking about the wide receivers, but I, I kind of want to throw in a tight end position there as well with Jordan Leggett, Safarian Jenkins, who's, who played well last year. Um, as he started coming to his own, and I still think both Brian Parker, uh, who came from Albany, I saw him at the regional combine, he was excellent, and Eric Tomlinson from Assumption College, the Division II program, he was also solid as well with the Oakland Raiders before going on to Houston, now with the Jets. So I think they have enough. But to Chris's point, who's going to throw them in football? And I think that's going to be the biggest question uh, going into the season. I do think their receivers will be talented enough to where if someone can get them the ball on a consistent basis, they'll be just fine. Well, I, I... – I'll I'll disagree in this in this um in this area. I don't think that they have enough at the wide receiving core to be effective, but I don't think they try and they're trying to. Um, I think that Quincy Anunwa is a guy who's being is is a is a an H back masquerading as a as a wide receiver. Um, they have they've just drafted another H back, um, tight end, um, and Jordan Leggett to go along with Austin Safarian Jenkins. So if you really look at what they're trying to do, I think their focal point is going to be to get the ball into the hands of these guys. Get the ball into the hands of the between-the-hashes guys, the wet work guys, the tight ends. Build from there because they know that they don't have a quarterback that has an ability to really get the ball to wide receivers on the outside. Right. They, they build from the inside out. 
then next year, you know, look for a guy that can come in and really be a legitimate number one wide receiver on the outside or in the slot or wherever the hell he, you know what I'm saying, he would line up at. Um, but they do have some really impressive looking wide receivers. Ardarius Stewart is a grown-ass man. Katie Cannon, grown-ass man. I mean, Devin Street. People sleep on Devin Street. Devin Street got skills. If I mean, if Jalen Marshall ever gets healthy, I don't think he ever will. But if he does, you know what I'm saying, he can be effective. They have some guys who are um, legitimate threats if you can put them in a situation to be successful. But the Jets can't put them in that situation because they don't have a quarterback that can get them the ball. And so I think that the emphasis is going to be trying to get the ball to the tight ends and to um, Enuma, Enuma um, in, the, in the slot, and that's how they're going to roll. And we'll see what happens next year when they, when they draft some overrated, you know, big, giant, white quarterback from a school that doesn't win a lot of football games. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> I'm done with y'all, man. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's, I mean, they've got three on the roster right now. What, what's one more? I mean, yeah. hey, well, look, why not? They, they sent all the opposites to Buffalo. So, you know, keep, <laughs> keep, keep the yin and the yang in the division. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> what you got, B? Wow. All right. So, uh, given the, uh, the current state of the roster, and we already touched on, you know, areas where they're kind of deficient in talent. Um, you know, it is Todd Bowles. Is he a lame duck coach right now? I'm going to make this statement, and it's going to sound weird, but I think he's not because they know that they're not going to win games. Here's what I feel like they're doing. I feel like they know that they're in the New York market. They're angling for Sam Darnold. They're trying to lose games. It's just what's going to happen. So as long as the product isn't complete blowoutable trash, They'll still let him keep his job. Uh, if they go two and fourteen, they have a bunch of blowouts. He's out the door. But I think that the whole understanding is that they know they don't have enough to legitimately win games right now. That's just my opinion on it. Chris, you too trusting the people. I think. I, am. I think the fix is already in. You know, yeah. Tyler Holmes has to go undefeated, and even if he did go undefeated, they was gonna get rid of him, and because. You can't tell me you're going to give a dude that you brought in that was one of the best defensive minds in football. We just witnessed him do his magic, work his magic with the Arizona Cardinals. Then you bring him in. You don't let him pick his quarterback. You saddle, you saddle him with Brian uh, Fitzpatrick. And then you saddle him once again with Josh McCown. We don't even know if he wanted to go with Geno Smith for the full season or whatever. So I think the, you know that ship has already sailed. Whatever the record is, they're going to get rid of him. They're going to use him as the scapegoat. We've seen people call for uh, Mike Thomas' job, and this guy hadn't had a losing season ever. So for a guy like Ty Bowles, you already know. He has to twice as good, half as much. I, I think he's a lame duck this year. Yeah, me too. I agree. I, th I think that Ty Bowles is getting the Raheem Morris playbook. Mm. Um, if you look at what they've done, they brought him in. All of a sudden, no free agent signings, no big money spent on free agents, um, getting rid of veterans um, to, to go with unproven commodities 
a lot of guys who are getting an opportunity to resurrect their career with the Jets now. Give him one more year. Hit that, hit that, you know what I'm saying, hit that reset button. Allow him to 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 take the slings and arrows um of these last three years and then bring in somebody else when you go out and get a brand new quarterback or you go out and get somebody or somebody that you that you believe in on the offense and then watch how much money they spend next year in free agency when Todd Bowles is gone um, compared to what they spent the last three years now. I, I think that the fix is in, like Emery said, and it's a shame because that, that man deserves better than what he's getting from the Jets right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He's been hamstrung. I mean, as a coach, if I was forced to go with a guy like Josh McCown as as my top option, and then you, you, you tell me that my lifelines are Bryce Petty, who has to play a video game to learn how to read defense. <laughs> Chris Hackenberg. I, I mean, I, I it's, it's, it's unfortunately being in that situation. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's murder for him. So I, I think he's, he's just in a bad situation. Hopefully, you know, after this whole thing boils over, he'll be able to go somewhere else and, and rebuild himself into, you know, being able to, have a solid coaching job in the league. You talk about Raheem Morris, you know, he was able to go down there and get on the opposite side of the ball in Atlanta and, and coach the receivers. Hopefully, you know, Bowles will be able to work his way back into uh, a coordinator or even a head coach position in the future. But we know that guys that, that look like us don't tend to get that that second chance. And uh, unfortunately, it, it is what it is. I guess that brings me to asking a question well, since it seems like he's a lame duck coach, what is the Jets' identity? That's a great question, man, because I honestly don't know, especially from an offensive standpoint. I don't know what they try to do or want to do. I think we can understand what they want to do defensively. I think they're going to try to be a defensive team. They're going to be a, an aggressive defensive team. I think what they've added defensively yields themselves to be aggressive. You know, Darren Lee, Demario Davis, I think, are, are really good inside backers we're going to see what can jordan jenkins do in year two and they still have sheldon richardson and wilkerson and they added jamal adams so i think they'll be aggressive defensively and hopefully they'll play complementary offense and try to win with ball control but offensively i have no clue what their identity is but defensively i think that's where their team identity lies i agree i think that they they've they've set themselves up to be a defensive team for forever now um when was the last time they've had a, a a statistically potent offense? Even the the one year where Ryan Fitzpatrick was um, a, a serviceable quarterback and and people were you know lauding his success, they still weren't really offensively dynamic. They just happened to score you know a good amount of passing touchdowns. Um, so I think that the, the the identity will be on the defensive side as well as it should be since their investment has been um, draft picks on the defensive side from the defensive line to the linebackers and now in the secondary. Um, so I, I think there'll be a defensive, aggressive, headhunting defensive team. Um, hopefully Todd Bowles has them, has them playing really, really well so that when they do decide to move on from him, he, he transitions directly into a defensive coordinator position with a really good team and then gets another opportunity as a head coach um, where, he, where he may be able to get a better, a better situation than the Jets gave him. 
You know, it's interesting. We talked about how they really didn't do anything to invest in the offense, but you flip it to the other side. And obviously looking at the draft picks that, that they made, you know, it, it was very important for them to, to look at upgrading the defense. You also look at their, their move and free agency and bringing in Mo Claiborne. Uh, the defense was a priority, and I think that kind of works in their favor. It kind of makes it look like as if they're they're trying to do some things to complement who they have in Todd Bowles as a coach. But uh, if I had to pick what their identity would be, it, it's clearly defense, and I think their goal is going to be to win a lot of, you know, 17 to 14 games, but I just don't know that they have, as an overall unit, the ability to do that. Yeah, there's really not too much I can add to that. I mean, you guys all hit the nail on the head there. Uh, it's definitely going to be their defense. They're going to have to hang their hat on their defense because offensively there's nothing that you can point to to say that this is what they're going to do well all season long. You know, it, it, there's nothing that they can hang their hat on. Uh, you look at the defense and um, – you know, one thing that they're, they're really good at is, is stopping the run. You know, this is a good, you know, defensive uh, run team. And uh, you you add in uh, the first-round draft pick of Jamal Adams. Uh, that's something that he's exceptional at from the safety position. He's really good coming down and filling in that alley. Um, you know, and then you have – they've uh, struggled also in years past uh, with their linebackers in coverage. Um, now they've got a guy like Darren Lee who, um, you know, in high school he, you know, he played safety. Um, and he kind of played a, a hybrid safety linebacker position at Ohio State. So this is a guy that can, you know, that can cover, and he he has success in that in that area. So uh, I think that defense is definitely going to be uh, some, what they have to hang their hat on. And uh, if they are able to do that, um, that's something that Todd Bowles can say he can point to um, to get into his next position, and uh, hopefully he gets another opportunity somewhere down the line. Yeah, and clearly a defensive-focused team. From offense, I'm wondering, trying to sift through the mess that they've made on that offense, it seems like more of the talent it is in near the line of scrimmage, so the tight end position, and even probably going to be a lot of work to the running backs like Bilal Powell and even Matt Forte, uh, more than they're going to utilize guys on the exterior. So uh, it seems like they're just going to ground and pound and short pass in the interior and then hopefully win games defensively. I guess that brings me up with the last question on this cipher is, would you even start Christian Hackenberg? And I'll answer this own question right, right away. I think you should, you know, just go ahead on and throw them out there so you can see, you know, whether you completely failed as a GM, which will then get the GM fired and probably save uh, Todd Bowles, or you may actually get lucky and he may string together four or five games and now you find yourself – you know, at seven and six or something with a chance to make the playoffs as a wild card. So I would start him. I think it's unfair for him not to even play. Um, at least give him the opportunity to fail and prove that he is who he is or he is who he was at Penn State. But to not play him, I think, will do the entire organization a disservice. I actually I actually disagree, Emory, and, I, and I've, I've gone back and forth on this. Um, I originally had your thought that, they should play him so that they can see what they have and see if he really is as trash as we know he is. And then I and then I stopped and thought about it. I'm like, why does he deserve the right to play? I know so many quarterbacks right now that do not get the opportunity to play in the NFL because they've been deemed not good enough. Meanwhile, there's a guy who everyone said 
and he ain't really that good. Yet he still was able to get a job and and warrant a second round draft pick, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a nice little chump of change for a quarterback in the NFL. And so he's already been given his opportunity. And it, to me, if he was good enough, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone out and signed a dude who couldn't you know keep a job with 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 the Browns or the Bucks when they were terrible. I mean, we wouldn't have to worry about that. And so I think that Christian Hackenberg should do like they tell a lot of these, a lot of other quarterbacks to do. I think he should take his talents to the CFL or maybe even, maybe even the arena league and see if he can make himself a better quarterback there. I don't think he deserves to be able to learn at the NFL level because I don't believe he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he should start either. Just, I look back at that preseason game. I think it was the last game last year where they came here and they, they played the Eagles. And this guy, he looked terrible. And there's just no way. And I said to myself, you know, I could see this team cutting this guy, even though he was a second-round pick. I mean, he played that bad. And the thing is, if you put him out there, and only way I put it to you this way, only way I would start him is if I was committing to run the football 40 times a game, which is kind of like what they're doing in Jacksonville. I don't think that he should be the guy that they start. Yeah, I definitely share Gene's sentiment there that he doesn't deserve it. You know, there's really no reason to put that guy out there. A part of me wants to say, okay, go ahead and put him out there so everybody can see just how – terrible he actually is you know he's just he's just a guy um you know you, you saw him in college you know he is who he is and you know people wanted to make a lot of excuses for him and, and all the way up until you know through the draft and people are still making excuses for him to this day and uh, I, I frankly I don't understand it um you know he, he's just not a very good quarterback and there's guys out there in the NFL right now that are deserving of uh, jobs at the quarterback position and he holds one and um, he just, in my personal opinion, does not deserve the opportunity to start. So this is an interesting one and a, a double layered one because option one or your best option is a 37 year old journeyman because there's other guys who still need to make money and eat and keep their jobs. So you don't want a guy out there who literally can't hit a dude on an out route with no pressure at a practice on an NFL game. So early in the season, no, I would not start him. But if we do get to a rocky start, we're one and five, yeah, I put him in. And you know why I put him in at that point? Because if I'm Todd Bowles and I'm going to be out the door anyway, I want you to see what they gave me as a mm. second-round pick. that yeah. I could have utilized – I could have used that for another defensive player who could have helped me or another person who could score a touchdown to replace us getting rid of a Brandon Marshall or an Eric Decker. Instead, you gave me this guy who can't play a lick of football. If I'm Buff I mean, if I'm the Jets, I'm on the phone right now with Buffalo. Like, hey, man, I know y'all just brought in another trash average quarterback <laughs> in Peterman. What y'all think about giving us um, – Cardell. Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. So, I mean – but. It's a shame, though, because, Gene, I, you know what, you did make a great point about why you wouldn't give him, an, give him an opportunity. It's just weird to look at this chart at quarterback and see the struggles, you know, and look at a guy, let's say a guy like Colin Kaepernick. Hell, 
I've always been in the camp that I could win with a guy like Tim Tebow. I could win with a guy like Kellen Moore. At least I know they're going to be uh, football tough and mentally tough to help overcome whatever physical limitations that they may have. But I've seen Hackenberg play live when they played Temple, and they gave all the excuses to the offensive coordinator. They gave all the excuses to the offensive line. When quite honestly, Temple really was out there in base defense just really – Locking him up, he couldn't make decisions. He held on to the ball, and it's just going to be ten times worse in the NFL. So I, I you know what, I tend to agree with you, uh, with, with all you guys and what you guys say. But you know, I just think that it's going to be a, a cascade of errors at the quarterback position for the Jets this season. So I, I mean, I hate to go around, but Brandon, what do you think the Jets finish in 2017? Oh man, <laughs> I mean, definitely last in the in the uh, division, uh, definitely. All right, well. Obviously, they're going to be last in the division. I think it's going to be a, a weird situation, though. I, I think they're going to – do you remember it was several years ago, we, we all looked at that dumpster fire that was the Jets' offense, and for some reason they ended up winning like six or seven games that year. So it could be the same type of situation. They'll somehow end up pulling off six wins from nowhere that they shouldn't pull off with what's been offered for Bowles to work with. But they're coming in last in the division. I, I'm I'm be honest with you, Emery. I don't think they win a game next year. I think this is the worst like collection or assembly of an offense I've ever seen put together. I don't know how it works. You got old beat up running backs, you got unproven wide receivers with questionable hands, you got a bunch of tight ends that all do different things and how they all gonna play together, and then you got the quarterback. They did not win the game. I just – I don't I don't even see it. Shout out to Sam Houston Steve with Josh McCown. Go ahead, Tyron. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got them – I got them dead last easily. Uh, I'm not going to say they won't win a game, but I'd be surprised if they win four or five games. I'll tell you that much. No, no, no. Let's, let's, not, let it, let's not let this off the hook. I mean – where what game are they winning? Like like I'm looking I'm currently looking at the schedule right now. Okay, I'm so I'll tell it. you I have them winning two games and I have them winning against against the Chargers. <laughs> oh my god. Jack, Jacksonville week four. Jacksonville yeah, week four? I don't That's against, they're, yeah. they're strong against the run and we know yeah. They're going to run the ball 60 times with Blake Bortles. Yeah. So. <laughs> Both of got bad quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I, I have them winning against Jacksonville and the Chargers. Because even the game that they should win against Cleveland, they're probably going to get blown out in no, Cleveland. No, no. Cleveland's going to work them. I, I've no, got they're going to get blown out in Cleveland. Coming. I don't see several so you think? on the schedule. So, I, you know, I don't – you know, shout out to Dino Babers. Though. He, he my dude. I like Dino Babers. But who's about to say, Gene? I'm just saying the Chargers. We think that you think the Chargers is where they where they can get one. Chargers, Chargers. coming across the across the country. Chargers and Jaguars yes, coming across the country. But just always remember this about the Chargers. For some reason, it's the same Chargers team that should have blown out Cleveland last year and got worked. Right. Yeah. This is true. This Comedy is true. <laughs> I'm I'm willing I'm willing to go with you on 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 Jaguars only because. Only because Blake Bortles is like dumpster, dumpster juice bad. Like that but, might be the game where we see the combined interception record broken. <laughs> With what what, what is the combined interception record? Is it like eight? eight it don't matter. Plus? We gonna find out. We gonna find out. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, I mean, that, so that's it for this episode of the Football Cypher. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. For Chris, Gene, Brandon, and I'm Emory Hunt, the Zara, the Playbook, and this has been the Football Cypher on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.